It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. I don't know about you, but so many times I've come to something in the Bible and I've thought, hmm, I wonder what that's about or what's the point? And so here's one of those that has sort of made me go, what's the point? What was the purpose of the Genesis flood? I mean, God cleansed the world of all evil. The reset button was pushed. Noah and his family came out of the ark, but the world fell back into even greater evil. Hmm. Right up to today, what's the point? We know that their lifespans shortened significantly after the flood. Like before the flood, they would live like 800, 900 years. Okay. And after the flood, God was very specific about your years are going to top off at about 120 mm-hmm. from here on out. So that was the point? I don't know if that was the point, but I know that that was one of the specific changes that happened after the flood. So that was one of the, one of the consequences, Sure, I guess you could say. Well, you just said it, so you did say it. <laughs> Dr. Neil Martin from Oxford, England says, The point of the Noah story after the destruction of the entire world is that the world was still corrupt. The problem was inside the ark. Mm. The poison was still inside Noah and his family. God looked throughout the whole world. He found a single person who was most worthy of his favor. And yet when he set him up as the beginning of a new humanity, it was just the old humanity. Every true son or daughter of Adam and Eve deserves to pass under the flood in the end, not to float unscathed Mm. over it. But the heart of the Noah story and all the stories of the Bible is that there is, as C.S. Lewis says, a deeper magic. Mm -hmm. And it's this, though you and I and every human deserves to pass under the flood, Jesus was drenched and drowned in the flood so we wouldn't have to be. And that is such good news. I don't want that to ever get old to me. Yeah, we need a savior. We need saving. And that's that's actually where the good news begins. That's the first point, right, of understanding the gospel is knowing our need for a savior. If we if we miss that part, then all the other stuff is seems kind of mm-hmm. insignificant. And don't you think that, you know, in today's culture sin and being a sinner and having a sinful nature and needing a solution to something that's really deeply wrong with us is not popular at all. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. It's not popular. We, we, you know, we want to present ourselves as put together social media, right? Like, I mean, we see other people's accounts on social media and it seems like their life is perfect and it's all put together. And it's because we put on social media, the aspects of our life that we want other people to know. Mm -hmm. We don't share on social media the parts of our life that we don't want people to know. Right. And I think there's just a resistance against the whole idea that, that we, don't get me wrong. We are absolutely loved by God. Our, our sins, our failures, our mistakes never change that. Mm -hmm. We are loved by God. We are created in his image. But the reality is there is a poison in us Mm -hmm. and, and out of that poison comes all kinds of, destructive stuff out of my heart comes destructive stuff in in the relationships that i 
have with people. I just heard somebody say yesterday, I cannot affect change in an area of my life that I'm one unwilling to acknowledge exists. We're not going to make the changes that we need to make in an area of our life that we're not willing to actually mm. look at the need yeah. for change. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about as far as, I mean, that's why the gospel is such good news. If you don't realize that you need a savior, mm-hmm. then it's just news. Right. It becomes good news when we know how desperate we are for it. And I used to work for a leadership organization. And one of the things that I learned in my time there that has really, really stuck with me is that the CEO of that company often shared how how much of our lives we're trying to avoid pain or gain. Like 80% of the decisions that we make in life are to avoid pain or gain pleasure. So in other words, 80% of us does not want to look at the things that are hard or the mm-hmm. the flawedness of ourselves. Is yeah. that a word? Flawedness? Maybe I just made it up. Uh, no, I, I love that word. <laughs> flawedness. I'm embracing my flawedness. You know, it's it's hard. It's painful to admit who I really am. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, but we've got to know, you know, just to follow up on what you're saying, we've got to know the bad news, mm-hmm. the hard news, the painful news before the good news is really good news. Right. We can't just go right to the good news unless we feel the weight of the bad within yeah. us. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if the, if the, if the gospel story, the good news of Jesus, your reaction to it is, meh, mm-hmm. then I would say you haven't come to terms with the reality of the consequences of the sin in your life. Jesus can only be beautiful to me when I see how much I need him. Yep. You know, when it comes to following Jesus, all you need is need. And if you know your need, you're going to love Jesus. And if you don't feel your need, just say, God, help me feel that need. Show me how much I need you. Show me how beautiful you are, Jesus, as a savior. And I've, I need to do this over and over again because sometimes I think I am all put together. I just have this thought right now. We haven't always done this well as a church. And I'm I'm reminded of being at the Rose Bowl and eating lunch on the lawn before the game started. And this group of Christians marching through the center of the lawn with a bull. One guy had a bullhorn and a couple of guys had like a thing around their waist and these big banners, you know, this big poles and they're carrying this banner and it's turn or burn. You're going to hell. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm eating a sandwich and then I'm going to watch a football game and I love Jesus. I'm not going to hell. But I feel like the church has not always shared the message of the bad news so that we understand the good news well. So what does it it look like for us to, to convey the message that there truly is a need for saving and, and help, help us to see our sin, especially those who don't know about Jesus yet so that they, so that the weight of the good news is really good. I think it starts in the heart. It starts in my heart. If my heart has been humbled by my sin, I'm not going to be a guy with a bullhorn. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I guess I'm just, I'm personally wrestling with, as I am walking in relationship with other people, because we live in a culture where it's not okay to have people look honestly at the sin in their life. We don't, we don't know how to do that really well. We just know how to show the shiny parts. How do we represent that part of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done in today's culture? 
out of a humbled heart that's been humbled by the gospel, and we do speak the truth in love. We don't we don't take a step back, and you know water it down. Mm-hmm. But we've been humbled by the gospel, and so we just honestly share the truth in love. I think I don't know. I'm I'm pretty simple when it yeah. comes to stuff like this. Yeah. On Jesus, the judgment has already fallen. That's the good news. If you feel the weight of your sin, know this. On Jesus, the judgment has already fallen, and it will not and cannot fall again. The point of the Noah story is that there is no one righteous, not even one, no one who seeks God. I deserve the flood. But if you and I take refuge inside that storm-battered ark, the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be safe now and forever. I got a phone call and there was a situation where I was stepping into something. You know, you're going through your day and you have an anticipation of what your day is going to look like. And then you get that phone call. Maybe you've had this happen in your life. And all of a sudden you realize that the day is going to look very differently than what you thought the day was going to look like. That phone call in and of itself can cause a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so as I was driving to respond to the phone call, I, I reached out to the Lord. I was like, I need you. I need you. I don't know what I'm walking into. There's a storm raging and I don't know what I'm walking into. And it feels like it's bigger than me, but I trust you. And I sense the Lord saying to me, peace, Mm. not just peace for me. I sense the Lord was saying, not only are you going to remain at peace, but you are my peace. And I'm sending you into the storm because you're going to calm it. You're going to be the peace in the midst of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I trusted him for it. And I, I stayed close. I kept my ear, you know, to his chest and listened for what he wanted me to do as I, as we walked through the storm and I experienced the peace of Christ and I saw the peace of Christ fall in the room. I saw the demeanor in the, of, of people in the storm change as we fixed our eyes on Jesus and we saw him for who he is He truly is the peace in the midst of the storm. I was chatting with just a precious friend of mine the other day and just in a really raw moment, a very honest moment, because we can be honest with each other. We don't have to pretend. She was just sharing with me, like, what if, what if this battle I'm fighting never ends? Actually, what if I lose? You know, what if the enemy gets the upper hand and the, and this thing, like I'm never going to see victory over this thing. Yeah. And we need each other because we can feel that way. That's real. That's honest. I have felt that way. Me too. Yeah. And so we need, I think it's important, first of all, that we're honest with each other. Second of all, that we have relationships where we can share that and not feel like we have to pretend. But I think the reason, one of the reasons why we need each other is so when I'm feeling like, I think I, I think maybe the enemy's going to win, you know, maybe I lose on this one, Yeah. that somebody who loves me and walks with Jesus can say, I've seen the ending Yeah. and he doesn't win. Right. We have to keep our focus on that. Two, two things come to mind. One is when I was a teenager and I was struggling with sin as a believer and had no idea, how do you win against sin? Mm-hmm. I mean, we never, we never totally win against sin until we see Jesus. We're still struggling. 
But I had no idea because I lost every time I faced a temptation. Mm. And I, I just... Never saw a temptation you didn't like, huh? Right. Yeah. I've said that before. You remember. Yeah. <laughs> Never saw a temptation I didn't want to give into. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in 1996, it went into a deep depression where I felt like I was cut off from God. I felt like I was cut off from God, so I felt like it was over. So two times in my life, many other times as well. But there's something that a good friend of mine has shared with me. You know, before we were a believer, we were fighting a battle that we we could not win. Mm-hmm. But after Christ, because we have the Holy Spirit, we're fighting a battle we cannot lose. That is such a good word. I remember one time we had Dan Seaborn in here. We we need we're going to have him back in here yes, soon, we are. aren't we? Yeah, we had Dan Seaborn in here, and he was talking about he's got a real competitive spirit, and he was talking about sports, and mm-hmm. he just confessed he's like, I actually had to stop watching sports because of the way that it impacted me during the game. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't holy. And I realized you know the Lord just directed me away from it. So what he'd do was he would record the game, and then he would check the score, and if he found out that his team won. Then he'd go back and watch the game because, oh, I'm like him. yeah, because then you can watch it and not have all the, you know, when the when the enemy, <laughs> when the opposing team is winning, they've yeah. got the higher score. Instead of freaking out and thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to lose it, we're going to lose the whole thing. He knew we win, we win in the end. Now I can just enjoy the game. That's where we sit. Yeah, we know we win in the end. So there's a freedom to enjoy the game. So maybe today you woke up just feeling a little bit defeated. Maybe you're in that place right now and you're just feeling raw and like, what if the enemy wins? What if this thing just, yeah, what if he gets the upper hand? Here's me and Perry and Ben to remind you this morning that God who loves you is a victorious God and you are going to see a victory. Just cling to him and hold on to him. The gospel never gets old. The good news never stops being good. And that's why we're committed to continuing to share the good news because we want you to have it in front of you as you start your day. It's so important for how we live out our days and how we interact with the people around us. In fact, I think that we all just desire to be seen, to be known, and to be loved. And that's there because God put it there because he wants to meet that need in us. But oftentimes we aren't looking for him to meet that need. So the other day I, I had a doctor's appointment. I checked in 215. It was just a lab thing. I just needed to get a shot. I didn't even actually see the doctor. So I showed up and I told him I was there. And and there weren't very many people when I showed up. But I was listening to scripture with my AirPods in. You know, my head was up because I'm listening and, and I'm watching people. Lots of people came and actually the waiting room got quite full. And then one by one, it started to empty out as they were getting called back. And I'm still sitting there. So I went up to the gal who worked there and I was like, I haven't been called back yet. Do you know what's going on? And she immediately was like, I am so sorry. She had forgotten about me. And I was really annoyed, to be honest. And I tried not to show her that. I tried to be kind and considerate in the moment. But underneath, I was frustrated. And my first thought was, how disrespectful of my time. You know, I'm sitting here and and I got stuff to do. I've got places to be. And and so I was irritated in that way. And then secondly, I thought, 
I just kind of pressed a little bit deeper and I was like, am I really irritated because of my time? Because actually for Lent, I've given the Lord my time. That's something that I'm paying attention to in this 40 days. And I was like, is that really it? And what I realized, what the Lord brought to my attention was, I was really not so much annoyed as I was hurt that I had been overlooked. I felt like I wasn't seen. I felt like I was invisible. And that's that's a wound in my life. Mm-hmm. That's a, a place that I've been hurt in the past. And I, I carry some pain around that. And I, you know, it's just wild, isn't it? That like a doctor's appointment can be the trigger that kind of pricks that thing. And it wasn't so much that I was annoyed as it was that I felt like I wasn't seen. And if, if you feel like you feel misunderstood, nobody quite understands me, you know, or maybe for you, it's you're willing to put yourself out there, but you feel like you're rejected by the people around you. Those longings inside you to be known, like to be understood, to be loved, to be chosen, to be accepted, to be seen. Those are from the Lord. He put those there because he wants to meet those in you. Not the lady at the doctor's office. It's not her job. She can be free of that. God sees you. God understands you. And he chose you and he loves you so much. And my prayer for you today is straight out of Ephesians three eighteen and 19, that you might have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God has got a good plan for you. He's got a job for you to do, and you're not alone in doing it. I think a lot of times we think, you know, what is my purpose? What is my what is my calling? Like, what does God want me to do? And we feel very individualistic about it. I was doing Lectio 365 devotional yesterday. It was so good. It was about how Moses had an encounter with the Lord, and he's commissioned by God to deliver an entire nation from slavery. Big assignment, big deal, right? But God doesn't expect him to do it all by himself. He sends him a buddy, actually his own brother, to help him out in Exodus 4, verses 27 through 31. It says this, God spoke to Aaron, go and meet Moses in the wilderness. He went and he met him in the mountain at the mountain of God and he kissed him. And Moses told Aaron the message that God had sent him to speak and the wonders that he had commanded him to do. So Moses and Aaron proceeded to round up all the leaders of Israel. And Aaron told them everything that God had told Moses and demonstrated the wonders before the people. And the people trusted and listened, believingly that God was concerned with what was going on with the Israelites and knew all about their affliction. And they bowed low and they worshiped God. This, this text just makes me wonder, you know, do you have soul friends? Are the people that you're coming together with and you're talking about the stuff that God's doing in your life, the things that he's laying on your heart? Because we need friends like this. We need friends and family that we can share openly what God's commanded us to do. And if you don't have those kind of relationships, what could you do today to start to cultivate relationships where you could share what's going on in your walk with the Lord? Mm-hmm. There has to be a, an initiative that we take. We have to take initiative because people aren't, you know, people aren't going to necessarily come to us. We have to take the initiative to, you know, start the relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing, being willing to take the initiative. And I know for guys, 
that sometimes is is not what we want to do. We're waiting. So we got to take initiative. And we also got to take risks to be vulnerable, to be real, to be honest. And, you know, it can be baby steps, mm-hmm. but definitely those two things, intentionality and vulnerability, transparency, those are things that we must have in order to have these kind of soul friends. And maybe the friendship is already there. You just don't talk about spiritual things. I tell you, one of the relationships that has grown me the most spiritually has been my relationship with my sister that I can just talk about spiritual things with. And I can say, hey, this is, I had this experience and I don't know what box to put it in. Like, I I don't know a lot about this area. You know, have you ever experienced anything like that? And she'll share with me, you know, yeah, actually I have. And, and when I did, I went diving into scripture and, and looking for some answers. And this is what I found. And this is what was helpful to me. Just being alongside one another as we walk out our faith, our life, really, Mm -hmm. and recognizing God in the midst of it all and what he's doing. And, it, it can become way more than just processing and sharing what's going on in life with one another. The people that you're alongside and doing that with might actually become people who can leverage their their relational capital for your gain. I mean, because that's what happened with Moses and Aaron. Because Moses had burned his bridges as far as having influence with the elders and you know the spiritual leaders of the Israel community, right? Mm-hmm. He had accidentally— killed a man and he ended up fleeing and hiding out and but Aaron had relationship with these people and Aaron was trusted by these people and so because of Moses and Aaron's relationship Moses Aaron actually stood up you know Moses shared what what God had told him with Aaron and Aaron brought Moses back into the fellowship mm-hmm. and used leveraged really his relational capital with the leaders in Israel to say, listen, God's up to something really good. He was the bridge. He was the bridge. And so it makes me wonder, and this is all, you know, inspired from Lectio 365 yesterday, but how can I use the relational equity in my life with people to build bridges for other people? Yeah. I like to think of it as how can I help someone succeed? Yeah. Because of what God has given me, the open doors he's given me, how can I help someone maybe walk through a, a door that they couldn't because because I have something or vice versa? Right. Who do I know that because of the relational capital they have with other people, they could be a part of helping to for God's purposes to come alive in me? But I think the best way to look at it is how can I mm-hmm. help someone else succeed? Because if I'm always looking for that person yeah. to help me succeed, it's it, it can be self-serving. So right. How can I help someone flourish in their life, you know, by getting an opportunity they wouldn't have because maybe I say something? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the purpose is, or the point is, we're not in this journey alone with God. We're, we're in it together. We've got brothers and sisters all around us who are also pursuing God, and, and he's got plans and purposes for their life, and he's got plans and purposes for your life, and they might overlap, and we could help each other to get to God's purposes being our reality in our life. So, yeah, it's, I think that's just a great question to keep in front of us is how can we help one another accomplish the Great Commission to tell the, the world the good news that Jesus saves? Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real-life journey with you. 
The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.